All right, we're in Matthew chapter 24. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 24, page 1142, if you're using a Bible under the seat in front of you. And we're going to concentrate on one single verse tonight. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. Lord, I pray uh, that you would bless your word. And Lord, in these days where there's so many challenges, so many dark things happening, I pray that as your people, we would remain hopeful and helpful. I pray in these days that we would not hide away. I pray that we would engage that we would be used by you in mighty ways in these times. And encourage us in that respect this evening, I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So for those of you who have been with, with us, you know that the last day prophesy, prophecies in Scripture, they do not paint a pretty picture. The end of the age is going to be very ugly and devastating before Jesus, of course, comes back and sets everything new. The world is headed for some very tough things. In fact, according to Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, as we've been studying, in the last days there will be massive deception, many false teachers, false Christs, there will be wars and rumors of wars, Many cataclysmic events on planet Earth, like famines, pestilences, earthquakes, terrors in the sky. Lawlessness on planet Earth in the last days, like we studied last week. And then also violent hatred. And specifically, hatred and persecution targeted towards God's people, Christians and the Jew. So the world is headed for some very difficult things. But as we continue forward tonight with our sign tonight, I'll have to tell you it's my favorite sign on the list. And that's because it's a positive sign. It's the only positive sign. It speaks of an incredible development that's going to be taking place in the last days. And I happen to think that it's this sign that in fact tells us for sure that we are living in the last days. Look at it, verse 14. Jesus speaking about the last days says, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the what? As a witness to how many? All the nations, and then the end will come. So let's complete our list of signs. In the last days, according to Jesus, the gospel will be preached. Now, the gospel is the life changing good news about salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, who died on the cross for the sins of the world. That gospel will be preached. It will be preached in all the world. It will be preached to 
all nations. So the last day environment will be one in which the gospel message has reached all of the nations of the entire world and is reaching all of the nations of the entire world. We're living in a time just like that. No question. You know, Jesus gave his disciples the Great Commission in Matthew 28. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded to you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. He gave that command to about 120 disciples before he ascended. 120 disciples. Go and make disciples of all the nations. And think about how daunting of a task that must have been. They must have heard Jesus and thought, you want us to do what? But the early church succeeded spectacularly. As you read the record of the book of Acts, the church spread to the known world at that time. And over the last 2,000 years, the church has spread all over planet Earth. All over. We are living at a time in history when Every civilized nation, village, town on planet Earth has a Christian witness. Very few have not been reached yet. And we're living in a time in history where more people than ever in all of history are being reached with the gospel message. And a lot of that is due to technological advances, gang, that you and I just take for granted. I mean, things that we do today that are just routine. For most of history, people didn't have it, just in the last 100, 150 years. The printing press was invented by German Johannes Gutenberg, right around 1440 A.D. Now, that's 600 years ago, right? It was only 600, think about it, it was only 600 years ago that we started to come up with sort of a mechanical way to copy, to press. During the first 1,400 years of church history, everything was handwritten. Everything was handwritten. And of course, we've progressed to the computer, the printer. We are doing things today that people would have considered absolutely miraculous 600 years ago. We're doing things today that people, you know, that people who were using typewriters 50 years ago would think of as miraculous. Anybody own a typewriter? Anybody ever seen one? I mean, think about what we do with printers and computers. We create documents, presentations, newspapers, magazines, audio files, video files, posters, flyers. Think of all the print media. 
And do you realize that there have been millions, millions of paper gospel tracts that have gone out all over planet earth in every language? What about the Bible? The written word of God. It's estimated that in the last several hundred years, um, somewhere between five and seven billion Bibles have been produced and sold. You know what's still the number one seller every year? The Bible. 80 million produced and sold every year. Print. At the end of 2022, the Gideons announced. Have you heard of the Gideons? They're famous for putting Bibles everywhere. At the end of last year, the Gideons announced that they officially surpassed 2.5 billion scriptures placed and distributed worldwide in different languages. There's a wonderful ministry. Whitcliffe in, uh, Bible Translation Institute. And their mission is to make sure there are no people on planet Earth who do not have a scripture in their language. Their vision is to make God's word accessible to all people in the language of their heart. Now, this is coming from about 10 years ago, but according to their research back then, they said there are still only 340 million people who do not have any scripture in their language. So, 8 billion people, there's 340 million that they're aware of that don't have print Bible. Only 340 million. It's a lot, but how many Bibles are all over the place? Gospel tracts, Christian literature. And then what about, you know, the electronic Bible? If you have an internet connection anywhere on planet Earth, you can get to a Bible. That's all. This is all relatively new to human history. In church history, 600 years to be able to print out of 2,000. We also live in a much smaller world today. Henry Ford began producing his Model T in 1908. And by 1927... When it was discontinued, over 18 million had rolled off the assembly line. First cars. 100 years ago. And of course, they've certainly got better. Do you, I mean, think about it. In human history, in just the last 100 years, do we have cars like we think of what we have now? Before that, everyone traveled on foot, horse and buggy. December 17th, 1903, the Wright brothers made their first successful experiment in which a machine carrying a man rose by its own power, flew naturally, and at an even speed and descended without damage. That was 1903. Planes have definitely gotten better, but listen, it was only in the 1960s that the commuter airlines began to really build momentum leading to what we have today. 
planes go everywhere. Just in the last 100 years. You can get to anywhere on planet Earth in about one or two days. Anywhere. So missionaries go all over the place. Crusades are planned all over the place. Evangelists go all over the place. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul living today with a frequent flyer's credit card and a laptop? Can you imagine what he would do? There's many Christians today doing more than Paul the Apostle did in his day. Many. Traveling all over the world. It's incredible. How about uh, communication? On March 10th, 1876, the very first words were spoken by inventor Alexander Graham Bell into his experimental telephone. You know what the first words were? Mr. Watson, come here, I want you. So we've had a phone technology for a little under 150 years. You pick up a device, you dial a number, and it connects to a similar device somewhere else and you speak. Of course, that has completely been revolutionized to now our smartphones. I mean, think about it. You, 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 can, you can call anybody on planet Earth. You can text anybody on planet Earth. You can Zoom call, video call anybody on planet Earth. In fact, one of our uh, awesome missionaries at the church that we sponsor, Dan Dodge, he's in Nepal right now. And he texted me just an hour ago to tell me a story about how a demon-possessed woman was just delivered in Nepal. And how there's revival happening that the Christian uh, uh, population in that area has recently, just over the last year, moved from 1% to 5%. You just texted me some videos, some pictures. Christianity has spread through that. One of my favorite inventions is microphones. Get this. The first microphone was invented in 1876 by Emil Berliner and was used as a telephone voice transmitter 150 years ago. So, I can speak or whisper into this little device and people can hear. Only possible within the last 150 years. For most of church history, it was open-air preaching, screaming from platforms. In fact, John Wesley preached thousands of sermons in his lifetime. Sometimes he would preach five or six sermons a day, and he would go home and cough up blood because of what it would do to his throat. Charles Spurgeon probably had what you would call kind of like the first megachurch. And uh, they didn't have sound equipment back then. So what they'd do is they'd build their pulpits that would come out over the crowd 
like a cage that would come out. Boy, that'd be a trip to look down on you from a cage like that. But acoustically sound, so you, he could speak to thousands like that. But with sound systems today, man, you can reach a lot of people. That's considered to be probably the largest Christian crusade ever held. Billy Graham in Seoul from May 30th to June 3rd. 3.2 million people attended. 75,000 decisions for Christ. A guy at a platform speaking into a microphone. Jesus couldn't do that in his day. Do you understand? The technology, the way that the gospel message is being preached. Media. The first claimed audio transmission that could be termed a radio broadcast occurred on Christmas Eve in 1906. It was made by Reginald Fessenden. Radio, as we think of it today, was first introduced in the 1930s. Two out of five homes had them in 1931. By 1938, four out of five homes had radios. So here again. You speak into a little device and it gets transmitted so that millions can hear across the radio waves. And of course, radio has become unbelievable, much more sophisticated. The gospel is preached all over the world on the radio all over the world. Our church has a radio broadcast. The Summons radio broadcast. It goes out, what is it, 5.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, about, I don't know, 800,000 here in El Paso and Las Cruces. We also reach Alamogordo, 3.3 million in Juarez. We're also on in Silver City, New Mexico. We're also on a Christian radio station in Belize, Central America. And recently, our summons broadcast went on a channel that broadcasts to, I forget how many, somewhere between 25 and 30 Midwestern states. And we're one little church that has a radio broadcast. Lots of radio broadcasts. All over planet Earth. 24-7. I had a good friend who was a um, missionary, and he was a, pa- he was a pastor and an electrical engineer. That's, that's how I knew him. I got to know him that way when we were in college. And he uh, actually worked with a place called Trans World Radio, and their mission was to put up radio transmitters and broadcast gospel radio, radio programs all throughout Africa. He was stationed in Belize, And at that time, several years ago, they were broadcasting Christian radio to more than 40 countries in Africa in more than 60 languages. And a lot of times, uh, you know, they they don't have radio signals. So they get 
They get these satellite dishes into these total way out places where they can get radio. And Transworld Radio does that. Anybody ever have one of those? The first regular scheduled television service in the United States began on July 2nd, 1928. By 1947, when there were 40 million radios in the U.S., there were about 44,000 television sets, 30,000 in the New York area. Regular network television broadcasts began on the Dumont Television Network in 1946, on NBC in 1947, and on CBS and ABC in 1948. Just less than 80 years, TV. And of course... Now you go to restaurants and you don't even get to look at the people that you're eating with, right? There's TV sets all over the place. Well over 100 million plus watch Super Bowls at the same time. Communication everywhere. Gospel is going out through many, many TV stations, TV um, channels. I got to put uh, another picture of Billy Graham. I just love Billy Graham. He was such a pioneer, and he was ahead of his time, and he would do all kinds of radical things. November of 1991, Buenos Aires. This is at the River Plate Stadium. He packed it out. He packed it out, 62,000 a night for about five or six nights. In addition, the crusade was aired simultaneously to 20 countries across six time zones by satellite hookup, drawing more than 5 million people to 850 locations across the world. Now, that was down in 1991. And they're doing that. They do that now all the time. Technology is much easier with all of these crusades. Video production. You know, you used to have all this fancy equipment to do all these video broadcasts and all these, put these movies together. Man, you can, you can do high-quality stuff now with a phone and a light. And so all kinds of Christian media and video and audio is being produced, and it is so very effective. Anybody ever seen this Jesus film? Anybody ever seen this? Campus Crusade used to use this. It's been used all over the world. It's called by some one of the best kept secrets in Christian missions. A number of mission experts have acclaimed the film as one of the greatest evangelistic tools of all time. Since 1979, more than 200 million men, women, and children worldwide have indicated decisions to follow Jesus after watching that film in all kinds of different languages. Missionaries would bring little generators into huts, show this film in the language of the tribe. People would come to Christ. In addition, through hundreds of partners, an estimated 10-plus million decisions have been made as the film Jesus is used extensively by the body of Christ worldwide. Now, that 
you look at the production of that, and, you know, it's 1970s. What do you think about things like The Chosen? And many of the Christian movies and all of the productions that are now being viewed worldwide. And then, of course, you've got to mention the Internet. Aren't you glad Al Gore invented the Internet? I'm just kidding. He never did that. So you got a device, you got a phone, you got a computer. Watch anything, anywhere, on planet Earth. By the way, I forgot to mention with, with the TV and the, and the radio, we used to have a, a guy here at the church. His name's Joseph Jafari. He's Iranian. He speaks Farsi. He became a Christian out of Iran. And uh, he talks about how in Iran, it's illegal, of course, to you know broadcast certain TV programs and radio programs. And so they get satellite receptors into these certain places. Gospel uh, video and audio is being piped into Iran all over the place. And by the way, we're hearing all kinds of stories coming out of the 1040 window. Jesus revealing himself to the natives. And then with this internet, oh, the gospel is going out all over the place. Now, this kind of stuff can be used for great evil. There's a lot of evil going on too. But there's a lot of gospel going on as well. So here I stand at a mic. We have three cameras. One, two, three, and a mic. Right now, anybody on planet Earth can be listening to me live. And every church is doing it. I looked at our site. We've got 103 point. We 103,500 views on our channel over the last several years. Um, I'll pick on Otto, our bass player over here. When he was deployed to Afghanistan, he would watch our services live from Afghanistan. And we're just one church. Think of all the churches. Think of the big churches. Think of the mega churches. Think of the churches all over the world, all broadcasting. Now read that verse again. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. I think we're really, really close. At no time in all of church history has the world been reached the way it has been reached and is being reached the way it is being reached. Now, we can even go further. There's even better news than all of that. Now, as far as timing, you guys know that we live in the church age. And the next thing that happens is the rapture of the church. That's what I believe the Bible teaches. And we go into this great time of Tribulation, And this is where all the bad news happens. This is where all the judgment, all the blow up, everything happens. And we think about this time period as being nothing but all the judgment, the earthquake, the wars, and all of that. But that's not true. There's also going to be an incredible revival during the tribulation period. In fact, one 
Bible prophecy expert writes, The world is yet in store for its greatest spiritual revival in which vast multitudes beyond comprehension will be saved. This is a phase of the tribulation period that has been little noted. Such emphasis has been put upon the horror of the tribulation that we've lost sight of the fact that it will also be a time of unprecedented revival. Listen, everyone on planet earth gets a chance. Everyone during the tribulation period. And there'll be massive revival during the tribulation period. The book of Revelation speaks of specific witnesses and revivals that will take place during the tribulation. 144,000 witnesses will be used in radical ways during the tribulation period. It says in Revelation chapter 7, After these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or on any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth the sea or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of whom Israel were sealed. So, uh, 144,000 witnesses. These are not the Jehovah Witnesses. These are not the Mormons who have claimed that. These are not members of the Worldwide Church of God who have claimed that. These are not Seventh-day Adventists who claim that. You know, it's funny. People create their little cult group and pick 144,000 from this Bible passage to try to get biblical credibility. No. Who are these 144,000? They're Jews. And it goes on to list 12,000 from 12 of the tribes of Israel. 144,000 Jewish witnesses. Now there's more information given about these folks in Revelation chapter 14. They will be young men. They will be single. And they will be virgins. So many think that these witnesses will be teenagers. How about that? They will be sealed, meaning they will absolutely be protected. They will not be killed during the tribulation period. They show up again in Revelation chapter 14 with Jesus at the mountain after he comes again, a vision of Jesus coming again. All 144,000 make it to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Not one is killed. So we got 144,000 radical Jewish Billy Grahams running all over planet Earth, sharing the gospel. 
many, many will be saved. The book of Revelation also speaks of these three angels that will be active during the tribulation period. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. Notice he flies in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. An angel declaring 24-7 during the entire tribulation period the gospel. To every tribe and nation on planet earth. Another angel. The second angel followed saying. Babylon is fallen. Is fallen. That great city. Because she's made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath. Of her fornication. So you got a second angel. Who's warning of Babylon. And we talked about Babylon earlier. How it's the commercial center of the antichrist. So there's an angel 24-7 saying. Don't get near Babylon. Then a third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the... So you got another angel, 24-7, broadcasting... During the tribulation period, don't get the mark. Don't worship the beast. Three angels. Well, are these actual angels? Are they flying angels circling around the globe with megaphones? Why not? There's going to be all kinds of strange things happening during that time, right? But we don't know. Uh, Some suggest that John was not seeing angels from his perspective. He was seeing satellites. Satellites going around the globe 24-7. Call one satellite Angel 1, Angel 2, Angel 3. And they're broadcasting that over and over and over again. In fact, there's a very prominent Christian TV ministry that has named the satellite they use Angel One. Could be satellites. The word angel means, uh, angelos can mean messenger. It could speak of three very powerful messages, cir- messengers circling the, the globe on foot, giving these Messages perhaps being influenced by angels. Some have suggested that these angels are in fact literal. They're circling, but they're invisible. And yet their messages get to planet Earth 24-7. We don't know exactly how that's going to look, but you got three radical witnesses for Jesus Christ. Happening in the last days. So you got 144,000 witnesses. You got three angels. And now let's go from three to two. 
there will also be two witnesses set loose on planet earth during the tribulation period. And you find their prophecy in Revelation chapter 11. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod and the angel stood saying rise and measure the temple of God the altar and those who worship there, but leave out the court which is outside the temple. Do not measure it for it's been given to the Gentiles and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. So John is getting a vision of Jerusalem, of the temple mount, of the temple on the temple mount. And an idea that it will be trans, uh, um, transgressed underfoot for 42 months. How long is that? Also, 1,268, that's exactly three and a half years. Does that time period ring a bell? Three and a half years is a major portion of the seven-year tribulation period. That's why we get three and a half years. That's why we get a a mark. So there's going to be something happening in the temple in the last days, a newly constructed temple on the Temple Mount. The Lord says to John in this vision, I will give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. So these These are fire breathers. You got two radical witnesses ministering for three and a half years during the tribulation period at a newly reconstructed temple on the Temple Mount. And if anyone comes near them, they're divinely protected. These have the power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have the power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. So what do we, what do we know about these two uh, witnesses? They turn water to blood. They can shut the heaven from raining. They can call fire down. There's all sorts of plug, plagues. Who are those two witnesses? I believe, and and many, many Bible prophecy folks do believe, that this is Moses and Elijah. The prophecies declare that Elijah will come back before the Messiah. And uh, John the Baptist partially fulfilled that prophecy at the first coming. But at the second coming, there's going to be the Elijah coming back. He called fire down from heaven. And then the other believe that it's Moses. Water to blood. Plagues. And they will be ministering for three and a half years during the... Can you imagine Moses and Elijah? Back on planet Earth for three and a half years? And they will be divinely protected. No one will be able to kill them and people will try. Now, if you go down through Revelation chapter 11 and you you read more about them, you'll discover that eventually after their prophecy is up, after about three and a half years, they will be assassinated. God will allow them to get killed. They'll be assassinated. 
their bodies lay in the Temple Mount for three and one-half days. Nobody's allowed to remove them. After three and a half days, they rise. Can you imagine all the TV cameras on that? They rise and they ascend in a cloud to heaven. And that is immediately followed by an earthquake in the area that kills 7,000. Do you think people will see that? In the last days, you have 144,000 witnesses. You have three angels. You have two witnesses. Yes, the gospel is going to go out. Yes, the gospel will preached to all the nations. The greatest revival is yet to come in the tribulation period. Many, many people will come to Christ. But here's the deal. Most that become Christians in the tribulation period will be martyred. They will be killed for their faith. They will have to go off the grid. Because remember, you won't be able to buy, eat, you know, sell, get anything without that mark that's attached to the Antichrist and the one world government and the one world economy and the one world religion. All tied up, and that is exactly where we're at. So again, I will tell you, become a Christian now. Become a Christian now. And I want to do something with this last sign. I want to turn it green. The light is green. The light is green. 100% full steam ahead. The gospel is going out. Right now, the gospel is going out. And I would ask you, my brother and sister in Christ, are you a part of it? Are you a part of it? Now, we talked all about the technology and all of the different ways that the gospel is going out. You want to know what the best the best way that the gospel goes out, you can't touch it. Nothing beats it. You know what it is? One-on-one, word of mouth. One-on-one, word of mouth. It sticks. There's connection. There's friendship. There's accountability. Discipleship happens. So you can get lost in all, you know, hey, I'm going to do my posts on Facebook. I'm going to, you know, do this channel or whatever. But listen, nothing can beat you being a witness for Jesus Christ every single day where you work, where you live, in your family. Sharing the gospel with them. Are you a part of that? It's green. The light is green. Go. Do it. I heard uh, this week about a native of the Congo who had just recently gotten saved. He recently became a Christian. I heard about this at a a mission outreach. And this man had an incredible prayer. This isn't his actual picture. It's just a general one that I found. But here's the prayer. Dear Lord, you be the needle and I be the thread. You go first and I will follow wherever you may lead. God, you be the needle. Pull me along. I'll be the thread. Take me wherever you want. Christian, do you understand? It's green light. Go. 
And we're at the end. And don't be the Christian that's caught up in all of the things in this world. Use your life here to make Jesus known. It's also green light, go tonight if you've never received Jesus Christ. The gospel's being preached. The first time Jesus came, he offered his life for all of the sins of the world. He went to a cross and our sins were placed upon him and he died in our place and he rose again that third day. And right now is the age of grace. Right now is the day of salvation. Have you put your faith in Jesus today? Do you belong to him? Are you with him? If not, I want you to have that opportunity. Would you all bow your heads with me? Lord, what a privilege to live in this day and age. Yes, it can be very serious and difficult and hard. Scary takes a lot of courage to follow you. But how exciting to know that we live in a time where your, your gospel is being preached everywhere and we can be a part of it. And there's people all around who are hungry to know you. They just need to see the real thing. Help us, Lord, be the real thing. Where we live, where we work, day to day. pray that we would not be those who are silent. We would speak up. We would be your light. And Lord, I pray for anyone here tonight or listening right now online, wherever you might be. I want to extend an invitation to you Have you received Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you had your sins washed away? If not, do it right now. You say, but I've been so bad, I gotta clean my... Listen, come the way you are. Come to Jesus right now the way you are. There's nothing you need to change. All you need right now is Jesus. He'll save your soul and he'll take you just the way you are and he'll work with you and he'll transform you. You do not have to join a church membership list. You do not have to sign up for a religion. You just need Jesus. You just desperately need him. And that's all you need. Respond to that message. If that's you, just cry out to God in your heart, Lord Jesus, save me. I open my heart to you. I place my faith and trust in you. Thank you for paying the price for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me and rising again. Save me. Put me on your team. And help me to follow you to the ends of the world, wherever you might lead me. Make me a witness for you. 
Let's all stand together.